Theology Thursday live again from 2nd Street Presbyterian Church and Sanctuary, cross street from the post office in Albemarle, North Carolina, um, where they're still counting apparently. So anyway, we're going to talk about truth. How do we know what truth is? If we look at last week's Theology Thursday, we talked about truth, part one. So today is part two. How do you know what is truly truth, true truth? So first... And I'm trying to keep this at 12 minutes, see how well I do. We have to define truth. So what is truth? As Pilate said, what is truth? But I think we could probably agree on the definition of truth as that which corresponds to reality. Okay? That which corresponds to what is real. But then we have to ask our question, well, how do we know what's real? Okay? So in order to say what does correspond to reality, you have to say, well, how do you know what's real? In, in other words, how do we know what's truth? This is called epistemology. It's the study of knowledge. Not just knowledge, but how do we know what we know? Um, and I wrote this down, the study of the nature and grounds of knowledge. So this is under my current theme of ethics that we're talking about. And ethics is to know what's right and proper behavior. Um, so in order to know right and proper behavior, we need to know truth. Is there a right? Is there a wrong? Is there an evil? Is there a good? Is there proper behavior, improper behavior? These are all truth claims. So how do we know what is truth? So how do we know what's real? And we're talking about the basis of knowledge. So first you have to kind of think, well, then... Is there a right and a wrong? Are there, is there evil, is there good? Is there right, is there wrong? So why do we need to know, you know, if you're looking at ethics, you're sort of looking into this. But, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, though, really, is there such a thing as right and wrong? Because if we're just animals, if we're just, you know, cosmic accidents or biological processes that have just come about from um, the ooze that has evolved into whatever, we may be, um, Jeff Durbin says, if we're just chemicals fizzing, then how can they possibly be right and wrong? I mean, there's just preferences based on, you know, biological processes that we don't really have any say in. So how is there any right or wrong if that's where we are? So in, in epistemology, even you would say, how do, how do we know even what's true? There are four sources of knowledge, according to the epistemological um, schools, four sources of knowledge, or of what they call justified belief, okay? So, four sources. What are they? One, perception. Two, reason. Three, memory. And four is testimony. So, we're going to look at each one of these real quickly. Um, first is perception. That's the things I feel, the things I see, the things that... Um, um, you know, things I see and things I feel. But if that's just biological process, if that's just chemicals fizzing in my brain, then how can I trust my senses? How can I trust my feelings? We've all been, um, um, like, what you see wasn't really there. Optical illusions, or you thought you saw something, or you want to see something different than what is truly there. So um, people see different things, and they feel different things about things. But, you know, the, one of the reasons we believe that one of the reasons that we have knowledge is based on our sense perceptions. Um, and second is reason, and that's the mind, logic based on existing information, it's like science, math, we're able to do logic, we're able to, to reason, okay? But 
um, maybe that's just if it's just biological or chemicals fizzing maybe we're sort of you know why do we trust that reasoning at all and what is reasoning but um, we, we know we're able to do it at some it's, it's all we have is to be able to, to think things through third is memory and that's the brain's ability to receive data to encode data to be able to receive to retrieve it um, it's very much you know information paced is the way our brains work like computers and um, it's also interesting if you look at DNA and the way the world works, it's based on information. So um, the brain's ability to process, gather, store information is very important for us to be able to determine truth. And then fourth and finally is testimony. The person must use to testify because there's somebody saying this is true or some, there's something that's saying this is true. But then for a person to, to receive that information, they have to be able to perceive it in some way, to hear it, to see it. And then they have to be able to use their mind to process things that they've remembered in the past about how things worked. Um, and then they need to be able to reason, you know, all of these things from whatever they've heard, seen, they remember, they put the reasoning together and they come to a conclusion. But we can all be wrong. The, you know, we, everybody can be wrong. There, there's no basis for being able to know 100% completely sure to know that what you know is real and if anybody who just thinks that reason or your mind or is 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 it um then you have to say how do you know that you know how do you know what you know how do you when you break it down it really comes down to um you can even get a lot of people today that don't believe you can know that you can't know reality maybe i'm not really here maybe i'm dreaming maybe this is somebody else's dream i'm a part of who knows there's no way to know so, you know, there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, however, we don't operate like that. You don't jump off a cliff thinking, um, I'm not sure what will happen. You know, you, you get um, somebody, I don't know, you, you just do not operate as if there's no reality. Um, so nobody lives that way. For the secularist, the person who doesn't believe in God, the person who wants to live as if it's just biology, closed system of, of nothing outside of itself, um, who decides truth? And it's, for a lot of people today, it's the group decides what's true. Um, I, but I decide what group to believe in. I decide um, what group. So the problem there is completely subjective. I mean, for, for me personally, just to decide what's true, um, it's subjective for me to, to go along with some group for truth. It's very subjective. I mean, it's not based on any... How do you know what re reality is? The conclusion is, I know what I know, you know what you know, everybody knows what they know based on faith. I mean, there's just no other way to get around it. Everybody knows what they know based on, on faith. I believe these things to be true. Now, you may have a reason for what you believe. I perceive these things, I think these things, I feel these things, I sense these things, I, you know, whatever, um, but it's still a belief because you have to admit there's no way to truly know. And everybody does this. Um, how do I know that's true? See, you have all these things. So the Christian faith teaches this. There is a God. God is a transcendent creator. In other words, he created everything, but he's not a part of creation. He's outside of creation, which means even time is created and things like this. And so God exists and he is a transcendent creator and he defines good and evil based on his character based on who he is um, god has revealed truth 
through his word. So there is a testimony from God in the Bible. So that's what the Christian has faith in, that God is God and God has spoken. He has spoken, we also know, in the heavens. He's declared his glory um, through what is revealed. So we have reasoning on our side. We believe as Christians that we have reasoning. We have reason to believe there's a God. Why is there anything rather than nothing? You know, but how do you know there's nothing? Because it was it Descartes, I think, therefore I am. You know, there's something going on here. <laughs> so there is not nothing. Why is there something rather than nothing is something that you have to contend with. And there's different arguments for God. I've talked about those before. Probably do that some in the future. But God has revealed his truth. So how do Christians know this? How do you know that God has revealed his truth? And it's the same as everybody else who knows anything else they say they know. It's by faith. But it's not a blind faith. It's a faith based on testimony. It's a faith based on memory. It's a faith based on reason. It's a faith based on perception. God must reveal himself to a person personally because due to sin, a person's ability to be able to reason back to God has been Basically, it hasn't been destroyed, but because of sin, we suppress the knowledge of God. We, there are certain things that we refuse to acknowledge. And you know how it is. Some people, there's just some things that, like, I can never believe that because something, you know. And, um, and, they, and they can't see reality because of it. And, and we all have these types of biases. But the Bible teaches that the nonbeliever has the, an, an inherent reason for disbelief because they suppress the knowledge of God in their sin because they deny the wrath of God and it's a um, it's, it's it's inherent in the human heart because a non-believer suppresses the knowledge of God in their sin so I'm going to say well alright as a Christian how do I know this is what the Bible teaches well this is what the Bible teaches I'm a pastor so I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about these things 2 Corinthians 4 6 for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, he created everything, let there be light. He also is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So through Christ Jesus, we see the glory of God, and he said, let there be light. He also said, let there be faith. Let there be in a person the knowledge of me. He reveals himself directly to an individual, and then the individual begins to see the reality of all the stuff that's there. It's like you're in the dark and the lights come on. And you're like, oh, I see now. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So God says to the believer, let there be light. You can see. Now you know. And then we are now, we become a light. To We manifest the knowledge of God to other people. We are the light in the world. But then Romans 1.18 says, But the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Okay, so think about that. We are the knowledge of God. We're the aroma of God. And, se and somewhere else in 2 Corinthians it says, um, we're the aroma of, to, to those who are being saved, we are the aroma of the sweet smell of life. But to those who are perishing, it's the smell of death. Um, and just real quick, I remember a guy who was in, um, gosh, it was Afghanistan, something like that. He said they could smell the American soldiers coming because they smelled like soap or they smelled 
you know, like fragrance. And um, it, so for some people it was like, that's awesome. And for some people it was the smell of death. And so that's what happens. So this is why you're going to have resistance from non-Christians because they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness because the wrath of God is being revealed. And so what the non-believer wants to do is suppress that knowledge. So they have a bias against these things. They refuse to accept the truth. They know these things. In heaven, at judgment, it'll all be stripped away. You knew, you knew, you knew. So the thing is, you have to accept by faith that these things are true. But how does one do that? 2 Timothy 2.25. We're told to, with gentleness, correct those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth. So repentance. God has to grant somebody repentance. That's how... It's an ingredient of faith. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. But faith is a gift freely given, lest anyone should boast. So Christ, the spirit of Christ, must do something in the human heart. And he does this through instrumentality of the preaching of the word of God. But God must do something in the human heart through the gospel that enables a person now to be able to repent of their sin and, to, and then to therefore see I can accept the Savior because I no longer have to pay for my, penalty, my sin myself. I admit that I'm a sinner, and I acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for my sin. Um, but repentance is a changed heart. It's necessary to see revealed truth, and it has to be granted. Um, this is the reason why it's difficult to reason with a Marxist or it's difficult to reason with a social justice warrior or LGBT warrior um, type person because it's not an alternative logical um, reasoned structure. It is an alternative religion based on a set of beliefs. And, and the sooner we come to terms with that, the sooner we'll realize um, how do you approach these things as you're dealing with a set of beliefs. Uh, it's not just reason, it's a set of beliefs. So we have to um, attack it, address it from those that's that standpoint and our the weapons of our warfare are not the world's weapons they are um, faith and prayer and, and the scriptures so um, those beliefs aren't to be questioned or challenged and so what do they believe in their why do they believe in their belief system it's because they believe they're fighting for truth and goodness and it is a direct rebellion against God man is in rebellion to God uh, it is a rebellion against the created order it is a rebellion against image bearers um, human beings are the clearest image of God that there is. Um, marriage is a clear indication, the Bible says, of um, the gospel. The church um, is standing in the way of the belief system and the ends, the desired ends of this other belief system. So it's going to come in conflict, and you're going to have to be ready for the conflict. Um, but you do this with faith, you do it with love, and you do it with gentleness, being with your feet firmly set on the rock of Christ Jesus. All right, therefore, um, how do you counter and answer these things? First Peter 3.15, be prepared to make a defense. Anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that's within you, but do it with gentleness and respect. And that's key to it. Love. You have to love people first, and then when you get angry with people and things like that, make sure that um, you're, you're, you're held back by love because you're dealing with image bearers. And um, such were some of you. Um, such were we before we were, came to the knowledge of Christ. I'm over time. I really try to keep it. All right, so I'm going to stop right now. God bless you. Um, pray for us. We'll pray for you. Um, keep the faith. Stand on the firm rock of Jesus. And be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within you. God bless.